Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Nick Golner, and I'm joined by the most strategic men in manufacturing. Oh, I love that. Jim Carr and Jason Z. Hey. We're that, pretty strategic. I yes. almost Because this is about strategy and execution. I is almost it? was yeah. a, called one of the strategizer and the other the executioner. Or the visionary and the integrator. <laughs> yeah. That's, or the executioner. sounds bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, bad. it does sound bad, Nick. Yeah. So, no, well, I thank feel, you for that kind compliment. Yeah, it yeah. feels good to have you in our Rockford home. Yes. Our headquarters. Exactly. Yeah. It does feel good to be here in our headquarters and seeing all the smiling faces out there as we sit in our studio and record. To cameras. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you can be strategic and make the wrong decisions, though. Yes, you can. Absolutely. But That's they say that be. failure is the best strategy of them all. That's true. Because once you, you think, fa- yes. How is failure? The, I've never heard of Because it teaches you things. No, it failure does. Failure is the best strategy. My strategy is to fail. Yeah. Well, no. One of the other things that I've heard is that, the, is that the that. most successful business people out there are the ones that take the least amount of risk, but you could still make iterations strategically that have some element of failure in there, but don't have like a catastrophic failure. This you is know, perfect that would for be the, the episode. We're going to talk about how, how to put a marketing program in place where you do a lot of things, you try a lot of things, and when they don't work, you pivot. Yeah, that's, that's what today's bingo. Be about. This is going to be a good episode. I, I think I've got I lots of questions for you. something there is about watching the numbers. I'm sure it is. Nick, I, I wrote it. You are truly <laughs> a marketing maven. You know that? What's a maven? Just a person that's just really good at marketing. I thought it was a bird. Oh, no. Well, it is a bird, but it's oh, also it okay. raven? a carrier. Yeah. No, maven. Uh, all right. Maybe Edgar I'm wrong. Allan Poe, the raven. Yeah. I think every time you guys come back to the headquarters, yeah. there's a new person here that we just hired. And we did. Well, we did. Yeah. How cool. The first, it was Jesse. So we have a Jessica. Now, now there's Jesse. And now we have a Salim. We have a Salim. And we're... Yeah, we, that's going to be exciting we, for everyone to meet him. We dug so deeply in order to find the next best person for making chips that we brought him all the way over from Lebanon. He was seriously a mile away from the blast in Beirut. Yeah. And, and now he's he was, coming here to the he United was shielded States by a building. And he said, you know what? Enough is enough. I got to get out of here. I'm coming to the States. I have a passion for marketing. He's got a background in engineering. He's a strategist. I'm like, Dude, no, he's rock star. And, and ironically, he's actually a United States citizen. Yeah, and he's never stepped foot in the United States. Yeah, ever. The never. stars align. He's never been here. Oh, and he's a United States. I think States. I knew he's that. A, I think I knew United that. States citizen. Yeah, and he's well spoken. Because his, his, mo- get, his, his you know mother what? was from the United States. Yeah. Right? Yes, his mother was from the United States. He gets it. Yeah, he gets he it. He gets. We're it. really excited to have he him. He totally gets it. And with the three partners putting him through, you know, a pretty rigid interview process, yep. he probably appreciated it. At the end of the day, think about that. He probably appreciated that the three partners of the company each did three independent interviews with him, and probably we probably talked about completely different we things did. in we the, on your interviews. We really fought hard for this guy, and we're really happy to have him on the team. Yeah, and I mean, in general terms, and Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, he's going to lead the strategy. Our, the marketing strategy for our clients, and he's also going to lead the media strategy for making chips, mm. aka the podcast. We need a little media strategy. Be- what if he recommends replace you, Jim? Oh, please, that would be happy. As long as you buy me out with a lot of money, <laughs> <laughs> then I would be happy. You so, know what else he's going to do? What is he going to do? He's going to write. I know he's a and brilliant he's a writer. writer. Brilliant writer. Background is going to be really helpful. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to make him get. Well, I'm going to. 
request and pay for the training, but I want him to get a certified machine tool sales engineering certification. I think Jim should get that too. He would learn a lot. Well, I, wanna, I think I've got enough on my plate. If, if the clients we serve <laughs> I don't need use anymore. or sell machine tools, if it's the certification I got, wouldn't that be amazing to have our strategists yeah. have the What is that acronym? CMTSE. It's from the AMT, Association of Manufacturing. Oh, is that where that comes from? Would yeah. we be the only marketing agency that has a CMTSE as a strategy? Yeah. I think so. That's why I'm doing it. Hmm. Interesting. Because we get it. That's the whole point. We that's do That's our get value it. proposition. Right. So that's positive. We got another new person. And we always start off the episode with something positive. So I'm going to ask Jim, what is positive in your life, sir? What's positive in my life? Yes. So as you know, the company's moving. We bought a new building. Hopefully we'll be in by the end of the year. Hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, sign of the cross, all, all those things. But what's also really exciting is I had Making Chips Marketing design a new rebranded logo for a car machine. You too, I know. Yes, and I, I have like to it, admit, Jim. You didn't send it to me, but Nick did, and I did. I, like, he? I like it. A lot. I didn't want. I didn't. Thank you. You know how long it took me to make the decision? Mm, five seconds. Oh yeah, it was she easy. did six iterations. The very first one, I saw it. I was with my wife at the kitchen table. I was drinking my coffee. I said, "That's it. I don't have to go any further." I love it. Yeah, I'm it, excited. I can't wait to show it. And I finally de- determined the day I'm going to launch the new logo is September 18th, which is my dad's birthday. He would have been 91 years old on that day. And I think it's appropriate that that's the day I'm going to launch the rebrand of the, the logo rebrand. That's a great I idea. And you're you're like going to do more than just show a new logo. You're going to do a whole refresh of your brand. I am. There's going to be a new website and... We, we've got we've got a strategy. We've got a marketing strategy mm-hmm. that's pretty profound, and, well, and that's exciting. It is exciting. So, yeah, new logo. I can't wait to show it to everybody. It's exciting. I think it's it positions car where you want it to be. Totally. So, you guys ready for new. some good news? Yeah, I would love so to. So, we teased this news on your episode. We did. You were talking about how COVID accelerates the digital transformation, and that is exactly my article. So, the article is from <laughs> is. Scott Brinker, who yeah. wrote one of my favorite books, Hacking Marketing. It's a lot of it inspired what I'm going to talk about today. But this article is Bending Martech's Law 2020 has taught us we're more agile than we thought. Here's how it starts. For all the terrible things this year has besieged us with, it's also revealed something encouraging. We, as individuals, but perhaps more remarkable as organizations, are capable of adapting to change on a much faster scale than we previously expected. So MarTech's law is that technology changes exponentially, yet organizations change logarithmically. What is that word? So imagine... You know what an oh, exponential logarithm. curve looks yeah, like. Yeah, I right? get that. So, so technology it's changes. Linear, it's, it's, it's like the logarithm that Ted Lazinski was talking <laughs> yeah, about on, on the, the last algorithm, episode. The logarithm. I picked up on that. Ted, we had to tease you on that one. You earned it. But yeah, so logarithmic is just like a, a slow increase at the same rate. I see that. I'm looking at the chart. And, Again, know, I'm a visual guy, right? I got to have a chart. We'll include these graphs on the yes. bar for anyone who wants to see them. But technology is exponential. It increases at an exponential rate. Well, that creates a huge gap. What technology is capable of and then where where our mindset is, that gap just increases as time goes on. Well, what this reminds me of, if I can make like more of a consumer-driven analogy here, I looked at the same type of thing as it relates to like EV vehicles Mm -hmm. and the technology for EV vehicles has been there for a long time. Long time, But the adoption isn't quite there. But what's going to happen is that that adoption is going to just 
catch up and it's going to catch up quick. The same thing happened with like personal computers and, a, and email and a mm-hmm. lot of other things. So the point of this article is that there's a cataclysmic event, this pandemic, that creates rapid adaptation and rapid adoption of new technologies. So you're saying that due to COVID-19 in mid-March that it completely changed the landscape of technology and the general public had to adopt that very quickly, i.e. in-home, Zoom, electronic, digital, all of those elements, all of that technology that a person might have been on the edge and using before is now forced into making that adoption. Yeah, and it's closing that gap that's created by technology oh. increases at a faster rate than well. An, an, oh, another cool. another like business didn't analogy even know that was a thing. Yeah, another business analogy might be that six months ago we started moving in the direction of having cloud based everything, and we moved our phone system to cloud based so that we can not only have people work from home, but we can pin different offices together in a very seamless way. Sure. Well, that technology was there, but not a lot of other people were adopting it. But now the company that did our phone system, they're busy as you could believe because now all, everybody's like, well, I need to have that seamless mm-hmm. environment where my clients don't know that my employees are working from home and I need to be able to adopt this technology in order to do it because of what happened with COVID. Sure. And this isn't just like my thoughts or Scott Brinker, the, the author of this article's thoughts. This is straight from a survey of 2,500 companies. Sorry, the font is really small. 2,569 companies answered these questions. What barriers to digital transformation has COVID-19 broken down within your organization? 37% said getting executive approval or buy-in. 37% also said lack of a clear transformation strategy has been broken down. 35% said a reluctance to replace legacy software has been broken down, just like Jason mentioned. Mm -hmm. 34% said insufficient budget has been broken down. 34% said lack of time to implement a digital transformation has broken down. Again, 34% lack of skills and know-how. Another 34% lack of engineering support. 29% bureaucracy. And so what that's telling me is like because of this COVID thing, a lot of executives are saying, okay, this is forcing us. We have more, more time to think about it and it's more imperative to put a digital transformation strategy in place. And that's exactly what your uh, article on. Yeah, on you're the last right, Nick. That's cool. Into, so Very really cool. You know what's a digital transformation that the metalworking nation should think about? What's that? Now that COVID is here, Pro Shop. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Mean, I mean, it's it's a cloud based software system built specifically for manufacturers. I mean, like this is a no brainer for a shop to be able to say, okay. What have I learned from this experience with co- with COVID, and how can I do things differently in the future? Because let's be honest, this whole COVID thing. Hopefully we'll get past it, but there's going to be another thing. Yeah, and hopefully, you need hopefully to, it's not. And you to need this. to position yourself in order to have the latest technology that if you do have a somebody that gets stuck at home, he could still do his quoting from home in much the same way that he could do from the office. Am I right, Jim? Hundred percent. I mean, Pro Shop has changed my business. You're pretty much huge. Almost entirely paperless. We're now. almost. Yeah, entirely. we talked about that. He burned. Yeah. He burned the prints. Almost. That's amazing. <laughs> burned them. I recycled them. <laughs> but that's funny. Come on, let's, you, let's make you this dramatic. You have no idea how freeing that was. That we didn't have to save that piece of. We didn't have to file it. We didn't have to fold it and put it 
sequentially in the file cabinet. It was very strange for me just to throw it out. But we don't write notes on our paper prints anymore and mm-hmm. save them. We put the notes in the ERP system and access them through the part level all the time. And that's available right at the machine control? There's workstations around the entire shop. That's, that's awesome. Everyone tracks their time and looks at prints and orders and, yeah, everything. Okay, so as Jason mentioned earlier, you can have a the wrong strategy and it can cripple your company, right? You can also have great strategies and just fail to execute on them, which notoriously has kind of been my issue. I'm, I'm more of the visionary type. I have the same issue, Nick. Oh, I know what you mean. And it's like, yeah, well, if we you just guys did are my definitely... thing, it would have worked. Well, it's like, well, you got to execute on it. That's where the money's made, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bad executor. So I've, I've learned through uh, Scott Brinker's book, to be honest with you, this book called Hacking Marketing, I've learned how to put together a really good marketing strategy that built into the strategy is the execution of said strategy. For other people to do it for you. Yeah. Well, and, and I do I do some elements of it myself and, sure you and do, my yeah. own team, but so you're saying marketing agency helps us with a lot of it. Yes, so. they do. They do. But So you're saying you're defining the stra- the marketing strategy and then you're delegating the execution of it? Okay, so the strategy is is what I need to accomplish. It's the really plan, high, right? right? It's the roadmap. It's, it's the how vision. are you going to get goals from, I'm trying to achieve? Right. The roadmap. That's a perfect The roadmap. How that breaks down into the execution, the tasks that are getting done on a day-to-day basis is built into the strategy. Also testing if if what we did created the impact that we expected is built into the strategy. Who is responsible for doing what is built into the strategy. Okay. Sometimes that's an employee of my company. Other times it's an employee of our company. A making chips person is responsible for getting that task to the finish line. Okay, I but understand But what it allows that. me to do is take a big 12 to 18 month vision and break it down into small two week increments that will, if, if I accomplish them every two week period, it'll achieve that vision. Who was the one that strategizes those two week chunks? So that's a perfect question. So at the high level, I'm the one who lays out the vision, the 12 to 18 month vision, the, the main priorities, the main projects from there. As that breaks down into smaller, more granular tasks, the strategy responsibility passes from me more to the team who's actually creating that stuff or analyzing it to see if it works. Okay, I, I'm following you. Okay. So it's not that I have no authority over what's going on in that two-week period, but I take less ownership over how to get it done than I do with what needs to get done. Correct me if I'm wrong on this one, Nick, but like, let Jim, let's just say for you, if you say to yourself, well, I want to create this marketing plan to move my the perception of my company from being a mon-pa uh, job shop to a production machining company that's capable of doing aerospace parts, you create that as like the overarching vision. And it's just like a vision for your company. You break it down into pieces, all of which we, we have held into like our Trello boards, yep, right? Yep. And those get done into little chunks. And one of those little chunks might be go from a mon pa car machine logo to this logo that gives a perception of like aerospace and cutting edge and high tech and stuff like that. So that's like one of the two week projects that might be broken down. That's a perfect example. It's funny though, because I don't need to do that. I just do that like organically. But you just, you just kind of think of a random project and you'll end up doing it. Right. But 
for you, typically they've been design projects. And, and sometimes right. as your team, you, one of the things you'll find with this gym as your team gets bigger, it gets harder to just, just oh, I'm like, sure. I'm just going to oh, do sure. it. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like, because there's just so many other moving pieces. We have 800 around. employees all over the globe. Right. I have three different campuses and just Rockford. One of them's got 150, another's got a, another 150. And I have five different business units that all have a marketing strategy. And they've all just, got their own agenda. It's <laughs> You know what? It sounds like, oh my gosh. Next time you're driving down the Jane Adams Expressway, you better put that phone or about the hair, the hair plugs in your back pocket because you're going <laughs> to need gonna it. Lose it. With all the stress you're going through right now. I'm going to call Brian Erlacher. <laughs> Jim, it, it does become a little bit more complicated and that's when you need to be more methodical with the way that you handle these things. I understand. I do understand that. Before I get into the, like the steps of how I put the strategy together, or how I would put any strategy together for anyone. I want to talk about what great marketing is and what great marketing isn't. Ooh, good. Let's do oh, it. I'd Let's like talk about it. This sounds good. So great marketing is a data-driven continuous improvement program. You stole I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes for me. <laughs> it's well, all of these concepts are really like shop concepts. Data-driven what? Continuous improvement okay. program. Very machine shoppy. Great marketing is focused on outcomes. Great marketing is iterative and incremental. I agree with that one wholeheartedly. And great marketing is a core business function with a seat at the leadership table. Here's what great marketing is not. It is not a subjective smoke and mirrors business function. It is not focused on outputs. It's focused on outcomes, not outputs. So what what he means by outputs versus outcomes would be the outcome of making that social media post means someone's going to see that recognition. Well, you it. could you could keep doing something but if it's not generating the objective that you're looking for, right. there's probably no more reason to start to be doing it anymore. Let's right. go back to the car example. Like so, like an easy if, one would be like if you're doing Facebook ads and it's not producing the outcome that you want. Yeah, new leads generating. You, you need you need change. Or and if, that's where you look. Or at if the, the data. car example, you know, if he wants to reposition himself as an aerospace manufacturer, the outcome you're looking for is more aerospace work. Right. So if we did a bunch of design projects and changed your logo 20 different times and it didn't get you any more aerospace clients, you'd fail. That's focusing on outputs, not outcomes. Right. So great marketing focuses on outcomes. Great marketing is not a detailed, rigid plan. Great marketing is not a vending machine of services for the sales team to control. Hey, I need a PowerPoint. Hey, I need a catalog. Hey, I need. Now, here's a disclaimer marketing and sales do serve one another. But they aren't subordinate to each other. They need and that, to work that was your marketing team prior uh, to making chips, wasn't it? The marketers it? who are listening to this, please email me if you feel this way. If you feel like you are a service center to your sales team, shoot me an email, nick at makingchips.com. I'm probably going to get 500 emails because every marketer I've talked to is like, hey, I actually have a lot going on. I know what's going on in our strategy. I think I know how to help us get there. But all they ever want me to do is make a brochure, make a handout, make something they could leave behind. And I'm not saying those things are all valuable. Well, they are. But they it's, need to it's be part. It's a small piece of the marketing plan. It, it all needs to be pointing to a greater vision that yes, you have. Of and, and that's, you know, a lot of these things, what great marketing is, is and what great marketing is not are also can be said the same thing about just your general business objective. So sure. like, I think a lot of times in the past, people ran their marketing like smoke and mirrors mm -hmm. and they never used the basic business strategy to drive their marketing. And what we're trying to convince the metalworking nation is that you need to look at your at your marketing from a strategic standpoint. You really need to invest in it and see what the data says, make iterations and improve upon it. One of the it. people at your leadership table should be an expert marketing thinker. You should have an expert operations. Whether person, that person's on your team or whether person. that's outsourced to yeah, you know, right. a, a firm. So 
let's get into the steps. Here, here's how I would start. And this is how I started with myself too and how I would start with any prospect or potential client. I start with a GPCT workshop. Okay, what does that mean, so please? So goals, plans, challenges, and timelines. Okay. So whether you think you have a marketing strategy or not, your business does. You try to sell things. You try to build an audience. So you have a marketing strategy. And this is where I really try to sit down with the executive staff and figure out what are your goals? What plans do you already have in place, things you're already planning on doing? What are the main challenges you have, things that could keep you from achieving those goals or from accomplishing those plans? And then what kind of a timeline do you have? So, for example, here's a strategy almost everybody has if you're an OEM in this industry. You planned to exhibit at the IMTS. A lot of people did. You usually plan to exhibit at some sort of an event. Now there's a new challenge to that plan. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. It's We're, we're going to have to do Spark or something digital, but we're not going to be able to do an actual physical trade show. So what you expected to do in September is likely not going to happen. Do you understand why I went nope. back to like, let me go back to it's not a rigid, detailed plan. This and we, is a and perfect we, example of why it shouldn't be. And we, and we need to assume. Oh, because that you got to pivot now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and you need to put into your plans that maybe IMTS will never come back. It, I mean, that's it may it's not a possibility. Be, I don't think it'll ever come back to the way it was. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. And it's, that's why you need to say the new opportunity is digital marketing, not trade show marketing. And it may never come back the way that we've expected. It might be something that's more regionalized. It might be from, I mean, who knows? So after you've, you've done that workshop and you've really pulled all that out of the heads of the, of the executive staff, then you can begin with the end in mind. And you can start building backlogs. So when I say begin with the end in mind, I create statements that, and I say them in a way that they are already true because I want them to be true in the next 12 to 18 months. So like when you create a vision, you create it as if it's what's going on right as now. As if you're there and you're looking back. Right. So for example, I'll just use my, my own self as an example. So I've talked a little bit about wanting to reposition our work holding group as a, as a fixturing integrator, not just a tombstone manufacturer. Mm-hmm. So in the next 12 to 18 months, I want to be positioned as a workholding integrator, which means I would like to get, I would like to see more turnkey fixturing opportunities, more bundles with the tombstone plus all the fixturing, all the vices. I want to see more and more of that type of opportunity than just, hey, send me a blank tombstone. I'll do it myself. I agree. So I would lay out the vision backlog. I have increased this type of opportunity sales from X to Y. That could be the top priority on my vision backlog. I might have two, I might have three, I might have four. Key visions, key things I need to achieve in the next 12 to 18 months. Most of that comes from me and my team, my executive staff. Okay, well, if you're going to reposition the whole brand, you really need to break that down into a couple milestone rocks, if you will, a couple milestone projects or collections of projects. And so that's the next backlog. You build your vision backlog and you prioritize it from the top to the bottom. Then the next thing you do is you start to say, if I'm going to achieve that, if I'm going to be positioned as a workholding integrator, and if I'm going to get that type of opportunity, what needs to change? That's the key thing right there. So for me... This is where the roadmap starts. Exactly. This is where the map quest comes out. Yes. So for me, that means the experience of my website needs to be different. My sales and marketing materials need to be different. I, I need to form a different type of network and different type of relationships with people in the industry. Mm-hmm. I need a whole series of content that 
connects my brand to these other companies that could be part of the fixturing solution. Mm-hmm. So as I'm describing all of this, it's still the same vision, but it's breaking it down into more tangible, more tactical groups of projects where you have a vision backlog prioritized from top to bottom of the vision you're trying to achieve. Then you have an epic backlog prioritized from top to bottom of grouped projects. It's called an epic because if you think of like, like think of all these superhero movies, how many different types of superhero characters have been combined into this whole Avengers group? A lot. So the Avengers is the epic and then the different movies that are all part of that Avengers series would be like a story. So as you as you connect that to a project, your your big groups of projects, like let's launch this whole this whole thing called the Avengers, that can only happen if you have three, four, five movies that are all part of that project. Right, because you have to you have to introduce the superhero in some way, exactly. right? Exactly. That has to be connected. You can't have the Avengers if you don't have all the characters, if you don't have all the of characters the characters defined. All those stories have to be told for the larger epic to be a real thing. So just like that, in in my marketing strategy, if I'm ever going to achieve that vision, I have to have a big collection of projects, and then all those little projects have to be real before I can ever finish that connection, that big collection. That's how it breaks down from there. It's still mostly strategic. It's not really what we're doing. It's not really what we're executing. I've got a vision backlog. I've got a couple real key epics that I need to accomplish. And I'm starting to figure out what are, what are the smaller projects that will lead me to that epic. But then it comes down to like, what are we going to do right now? And that's where I have something called sprints in my marketing program. And that's what we use at Making Chips Marketing. Yeah. So, my, my, my sister used to affectionately call these her walks. Her walks. Because she, was, she, oh, really? she, she said she doesn't sprint. <laughs> <laughs> but you call them whatever you want. So if, if I'm going to achieve an 18-month goal, it's going to be because I did the right things every two weeks. That's the duration of my sprint. And so what I do is I pull... The projects that are are needed to complete a story, I pull those into my sprint backlog, and that's what I agree with my marketing team. These things are going to get done by the end of this two-week period. For each task, we, we establish like a clear definition of done. So one of them could be, I want new email signatures for all my sales guys that feature this new program. So how do I know it's done? It's installed on all my sales guys' emails. When, the, when you click the signature, it brings them to our, to our website. I've got analytics in place to see how many clicks I've got. From the signature line? And, yeah. and, and the reason that you need to define exactly what done looks like is because this goes for a lot of different business practices because everybody's definition of done is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, you might hand this off to somebody who says, oh yeah, I finished it. Here it is on my computer. Meanwhile, nobody's ever seen it. Well, no, you need to define done as it's been implemented and it's been sent out and you're collecting analytics on it. Mm -hmm. It might be an email signature. It might be a new landing page on the website. It might be an email campaign. It might be a social media promotion. Whatever those stories are, I have a clear definition of done for each story. And by the end of the sprint, the team has a review with me. So we have a planning meeting before the sprint. Two weeks later, we have a review meeting. During that review meeting, they show you, okay, this was the definition of done. We did this, 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 and this. Does that meet your criteria? And I say, yes. Here's the next one. We, and it should be really obvious whether it does. Yep. We wanted it to meet these criteria. Bang, 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 bang. Done. So all, all of those things are done. That whole collection of stories is complete. That epic has one of the major milestones finished in the epic. I have another planning meeting. We grab the next chunk of work. We, we pull it into the backlog, just like grabbing another order from the shop and running. Is this all written? 
Yeah, it's all it's all it's all hosted in Trello. It's oh, okay. all managed in a and project. And you can use all different. System. You can there's right. I mean, you there's can use any project management software. Right. We just happen to use Trello. The only thing that's really structured is the increments of time. Let's say that all those things that I thought was going to achieve this bigger goal. Let's say after we started testing, no one was clicking the email signature. It just mm-hmm. didn't work. Right. Or we we thought if we did this social promotion, it would drive traffic to my website and I would get more opportunities. But after six weeks, we just found that it didn't work. Well, thank God I don't have this rigid plan that I've already agreed upon that's not going to change because I can pull a different set of projects into the sprint to achieve that goal if what I tried to do isn't working. Is right, is not successful. So it's very agile, it's very fluid. And so I have a planning meeting. Two weeks later, I have a review meeting. Every day we have a daily stand-up meeting. It's, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. I'm not even in the daily stand-up meeting. I just, I just help plan and I just review and I lay out the roadmap. And every two weeks I, I have different meetings that are bringing me closer and closer to the goal. And we have analytics set up to where I've, I've actually set a target. My traffic is here. By the end of this 12-month period, I want my traffic to be here. And if, if what we're doing isn't getting me there, we take a look at the drawing board and we adjust the plan. Good. Awesome. It's not, it's not totally locked in. So it's, it's, it's a different kind of function than what most people are used to where they're like, hey, I think I need this or I think I need that. It's all defined what outcome you're trying to achieve beforehand. And then you break it down into larger initiatives to, to get you there. Right, because that's really what they're an initiative. You don't know if they're going to work right. until you it's test it out. It's not a campaign. It's not a... It's an initiative. A one-and-done project. No, no. It, it's an initiative. It's gr- it's groups of projects and right. groups of campaigns to, to lead you toward an outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the biggest thing is you need to define that outcome. That's where it starts. Define the outcome at the front. And so, like, one of these workshops is a really good way to d- define your goals, your plans, your challenges, your timelines, and then start to build a vision backlog and start to discuss how that can break down into groups of projects and then groups of smaller projects and then what are you going to actually do in the next two weeks? Is that what Salim is going to do? He's going to lead the GPCT workshops? He will, with me. Right. And then eventually he'll lead it on his own. And then he's also going to be working with the team, kind of the liaison between our analytics team and our production team. So, hey, we had this big social media initiative and it totally knocked it out of the park. Let's dump more gas on that fire. Or, you know, we thought this was going to work and it didn't. So we're going to pull back and we're going to put different things in the next sprint because that hasn't been working. That's not achieving the outcome. All right. Well, I think you got some more to say about that and go ahead because I've got some questions and, but I want to let you finish. So I've got a, a couple key words here, keys to success, things I've learned along the way. Number one is prioritize. If you, you have ever, to give me an example of that, what does it mean? So let's say I have a backlog and it's a list of items from top to bottom. Right. What absolutely needs to get accomplished oh, okay. is at the top. And, and you have to be ruthless with prioritization. Like most, as an example, most of the time when you're trying to achieve some kind of marketing vision, usually your logo is not the biggest priority. Sometimes it is. Well, I agree. I kind of disagree. That no, no, no. I there, believe it, that this the, is not an agree or disagree. It's just it depends on the situation and what you're trying to accomplish. I'm not saying you were well, wrong, Jim. Outcome, I'm just outcome. Yeah, I'm not saying you were wrong. I'm just saying most people they're like, I need to redesign my logo. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't, and you need to figure out where the priorities lie. And another thing that that you need to think of when you're prioritizing, you were already a way step ahead of most people anyway. So, like for you, the logo redesign makes sense. You want it to, does because I believe it, I believe that the the logo is the foundation of the business. Right. I believe everything is built on top of that logo because it mean it has so much internal meaning. To well, the, you're a very visual person. Yeah. Right. To I, the I would say and, that your brand 
is is probably the core, the foundation, your DNA, and your logo is the visual representation Tation. of your brand. Beautifully right. said. Beautifully so, said. But sometimes figuring out what your brand is and the message you're trying to communicate comes before the actual visual design. So after prioritize, the next P word here is protect. And what I mean by that is you protect your sprints. So people like me and Jason, people like my dad, we have a tendency to think, oh, I have this new thought. We need to do it right away. Once I agree with the team, this is what you're doing in the next two weeks, and here's the clear definition of done for each of these tasks, the worst thing I can do to the team, to the people who are actually getting those things done, is to swoop in and drop a bunch of new stuff. Hey, do I got this. another idea. Yeah, do this by tomorrow. Do this by tomorrow. I have to protect that sprint. I need, I need a slideshow. Yeah, and it's like, well, Oh, because you're we, upsetting the apple cart. Right. We, we already agreed that I need to get this two-week increment of work done if we're going to hit that two-month goal, which is going to lead us to that year-long goal. How am I going to actually get that done if every single time we agree on a sprint, you swoop in and they call it swoop and poop. You swoop in and you drop all these extra things in, in there. Never uh, heard of this before. You drop all this extra stuff yeah, in the backlog, it. It and they're like, "Oh, geez, you just crapped up my whole thing." And so, and they're creatives; they don't know how to respond. They're only they're only well, they're getting, like, "Well, I got to do what the boss says, right?" But, but now I'm not going to get other things. You're having now. a creative do an integrator role, right? Because most marketing people are creatives, or, or so prioritize then protect. The next thing is pull. So what I mean by pull is. There's not like one project manager being like, do that because you're a writer, do that because you're a designer. You only do writing tasks, you only do design tasks, you only do animation tasks, and I'll tell you what to do. Let me know when you're done with your work and I'll tell you what to do next. Mm -hmm. That creates teams that are totally dependent on one person telling them what to do. Right. We are not a team of robots. We're a team of self-organizing, multi-dynamic individuals who can get things done. So right. what I mean by pull is... I don't push work onto people. They already know what the priorities are. They already know what's coming. And it's clearly articulated for them in the backlog. If they finish a task and they have open capacity, it's their job to pull that next job in. This almost goes back to like what I mentioned on a previous episode, this book, which I'm getting ready to read called Humanocracy, how if you create your teams effectively and you set the system up correctly, people can be self-policing and they don't need to know what they need to do. So like if you were to take this in a, you know, say like a machine shop environment, I mean, you could almost set up the same type of an environment. And once, you know, Ryan is done machining this part and he's got it packaged up and shipped out the door, he just, Hey, I got to program this job. He pulls it he off the board. You say, he doesn't Dad, say, what do I do Dad, next? what do I do next? Yeah. He, just, he just pulls it off the board. He's like, I know what to do next because the system's already set up. It's, it's been pre-prioritized. Right. So right. after you prioritize, then you protect. You always need to make sure you're pulling. It's a pull system, which is another lean, kind of continuous improvement philosophy is always pull, don't push. And the last one is park. So if, if I'm going to protect my backlog... And so I'm it's gonna pull and park, not pull pork. <laughs> pull and park. So if I'm going to protect my backlog, and I'm I'm not going to swoop and poop and like drop all these extra projects on the team and throw off the the capacity of the organization. What do I do when I have a great idea? I don't want it to go. You put away. it in the parking lot. You put it in the parking lot, and then maybe in a future sprint, that idea would be the key thing that's going to get me to where I need to go. It can wait. This is the hardest thing for a visionary, somebody that's always coming up with ideas and they always think their next idea is the best idea. Mm -hmm. You got to put stuff in the parking then lot. Then prioritize it in the parking lot. Put it at the right. top of the parking exactly. lot. Exactly. Now, a little disclaimer, there are times where that emergency thing that has like to COVID. get done in two days. Yeah. So you need to be flexible enough if there is that emergency thing that needs to get done in two days 
you can drop it in to the actual sprint. But that but should be the exception. It not should the norm. be the exception, not the rule. Okay. You don't want to swoop and poop too many times. Yeah, you don't. Only, you just want to do it a couple People times. People can only handle so much crap. Yes, I got, <laughs> I got it. All right, here's some more keywords. By the way, Jason, I'm reading a book too. Another book. You Which one? Yes, I am. Which Get one? a grip. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not going to learn that much. Why? It, it's just because a novel it's, it's version. It's just a regurgitation of, yeah. of the Traction. other book. Yeah, read something else. I already bought it. It's sitting on my desk. Well, give it to somebody then. This is an example of swooping and pooping because yeah. Jim just interrupted the flow of this episode to say something <laughs> that wasn't related. <laughs> I've got four keywords for the for the meetings. So those are stand up, plan, review, and reflect. Every day, your team does a quick daily stand up. I'm we, not even. We a call it a these. huddle. Sure. It's what did I finish yesterday? What do I intend to get done today? Yep. And what things are in my way? Powerful. That's it. Everyone does it. The meeting takes ten minutes. I mentioned that every two weeks we have a planning meeting. That's where we plan the next batch of work for the sprint, which is a two-week period. After the two-week period, we have a review meeting where we review all the completed work and make sure it met all the definition of done criteria. And then finally, we reflect. And the reflect is a retrospective meeting where we look back, and it's not about the work that we did, but about how that work flowed through. It's more of, let's look back on our process. Could we have improved the communication? Is there a better way to get the work in and define the definition of done? Is there an easier handoff from one person to the next? Do we need to have a conversation with somebody because they're pooping on our Right. Do I, how we need often to tell do you have that, that reflective meeting? That's once a month. We we oh, do that every other sprint. Okay, so interesting. And it's it's more just like is our process functioning? Not did you make that part to tolerance? But no. It, did how's the flow? Our, did the process exactly. flow work well? It's a and process how can meeting. we how can we make changes to the process to make it better next time? So the review meeting, you're reviewing the work that was done. The reflection meeting or the retrospective meeting, you're you're reviewing how it got done. In the do you process. have to do it once a month? Can you do it once a quarter? All of this is flexible. Okay. You make it work for your organization. So, well, I would you, think you could have a weekly well, I sprint. Think a I quarter, have a weekly sprint. Once a quarter is too too far out. I think you need to two weeks to four weeks is probably the right time to do it because you want it fresh in everyone's mind. On exa- and you do this only with your leadership team, right? Yeah, just well, no. The, a lot of this stuff is, is with the entire team. Okay. Well, I mean, because these are the tactical people that are doing the jobs. So the reflect meeting or the, the retrospective meeting, meeting is, might is, not be. I'm, I'm, could be. I'm most of the time don't even attend those because they're talking about like how did the work flow through this agency, and I'm not one of the people working right. on the agency. I'm running my marketing program, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm just like going to the sprint planning meetings and the sprint review meetings. I have four isn't, more isn't keywords. This too much, though. For I'm going to push back a little bit. Go I on. was going to ask that same I'm, question, Jim. It's yeah, like if you're is, a smaller company, how do you do this? God, a little you're, more you're really clouding yeah. my head here. It's like, oh my god, but Jim, I gotta you, have have, more you have one brand, right? And right now, you, how do you measure your marketing performance? Sales. Yeah, just the sales number. That's all I can. Right. So that's and then a profit, lag, and that's then a lagging, in, lagging, lagging indicator. indicator. Yes, right. I agree. So for me. There's so many different brands going on, and there's so many different things that I need to measure that lead to sales. Mm-hmm. So I really need an organized function on not not just what am I producing, but what outcomes is it achieving. So I'm with Jim, and that was going to be my question: is like I can understand for a company of of your size, right. that this is very effective. I can even maybe see like me being able to use it on a on a smaller scale, but how do we simplify this? Yeah. Take out some pieces so that like a small, medium sized job shop can build from here in order to get to that point. Is that possible? Or well, I, I still think, and, and correct me if I'm 
if you disagree, but I still think you need to define a vision. Of that, course. That's targeted. Totally towards, that's, agree. That's powerful. So, and it yep. needs to be targeted towards an outcome. Yep. And then somehow that vision needs to get more tangible. Yes. So what would the next thing that you would do? So be? like if you're going to talk in terms like that, yeah, you're, you have your vision and then you have your rocks and then you have your to-dos. So you've got those three things that you right. break it and down the, into. And those all assist in the long-term vision. So if you're a smaller company... So maybe right? like could you could you say, well, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm going to have a vision and I'm going to have a rock and I'm going to have a to-do, but I'm... Can you take out the epic? Can you rework this? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So may- maybe you can achieve your vision by just getting one major milestone done. You could call it a rock or an epic. They're pretty much the same thing. And then you have a series of to-dos that gets that major milestone done. And if you do that every quarter, you'll achieve your vision. So how do you break it down and make it smaller? Have one vision and have a couple milestone achievements that you need to, need to achieve in order to get that vision done, like rocks. And then have clear to-dos that you're going to do on a, on a more smaller increment. Like mm-hmm. every well, week, a to-do is supposed to be done every week to two weeks, right? Just what's the duration of time between your meeting? Right. Well, a week. So where I have, I have like six different major visions because I have a bunch of different business units. And then that breaks down into like 10, 12 key big project initiatives. You guys may just have how, one. And how do you manage all this? In, in what platform? All of in it's, Trello. It's all, all in Trello. Yeah, all of my backlogs are organized in a free tool called Trello. So I, I get it. And like when I was talking about how we have this big company with all these different business units, it's really hard to organize. I'm trying to articulate a lot of how I organize that in a podcast where you guys can't even see anything. I think it would be way easier to show how it breaks down. And yeah. I don't care. I'll let people peer into my well, marketing strategy and show Machinists that. and manufacturing people are kind of visual anyway, right? right. We, we read prints. We read CAD models. We That's how we identify what needs to get done. Right. So, yes, if you can put a visual behind what you're saying. So that's what will come out in the boring bar this week. Okay. We're going to put, like, how it breaks down. We're going to show some backlog items, how it breaks down from a big-picture vision where it's less tangible, it's less tactical, and more strategic. Right. How it breaks down to, like, what I'm doing in the next two weeks. Cool. And then maybe in the future we could visually show, like, a more simplified version. Sure. Maybe based on... And we could do one with just, like... Or something like that. Like your business, where we pick one vision... And how it breaks down into one or two milestones. Great. And then what do we do in the next two-week increment to get you there? Yep. But I think the key is the whole time throughout this process where we've got a way to measure it. That's a key. If you don't have a way to measure it, you can't really do so this. So you're measuring it in Trello. Yeah. We're studying it. We're reporting on the analytics. We're looking at the analytics and, and, and trying to make educated guesses for why the numbers moved however they did. And then we're adjusting the backlog that we're adjusting the projects based on the data that we've received. It's not much, can, it's not much different well. than running a machine shop and running production in your shop. It's not just really. a little, it's, a, it's, it's totally just, based off of lean concepts. Yes. It's a manufacturing philosophy called agile. Cool. It works perfectly for marketing. So I have, a, I've got a really good way to put it into a visual clearly articulated project management system. And it, it works really good for me. So, so what you're saying, what I what I believe I'm hearing you saying, if you're more agile, you're more efficient. Yep. You're more data driven. Because if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Metalworking Nation, listen up. Manufacturing is challenging. You need to think differently. The day-to-day whirlwind of urgencies, the pressure to grow, customer demands, workforce development, new machine tools and robots, the list goes on and on. It is possible to stay ahead of the game of manufacturing, but you can't do it alone. We're here to give you access to exclusive content from other leaders, as well as videos, 
blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you on making chips. Thank you.